Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shluk Shlisten, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shluk Shlisten. 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 Uh, it's Spookaween, Benjamin. It's week four of Spookaween of five weeks because it's so spooky. But look, we don't have time to talk about how spooky things are because we've not that much stuff to talk about this week, including Deadpool 3 delayed and Captain America 4 delayed or moved. I'm not sure. Also, Rick and Morty are back, or are they? Mm-hmm. You don't talk to much. Also, you've seen... <laughs> Captain Laserhawk, I don't know what that is. And we've both seen, as part of our famous series, Things That Go Bump in the Yeehaw, we've both seen The Boys from County Hell. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and it actually is, Michael, we're chock-a-block despite having not a single trailer to review this week. Not don't know what one. we're going to do with ourselves. But, Michael, we're often overlooked here on the Emerald Isle for all the spooky bastards we have hanging around our folklore and mythology. Oh, very good. I'm glad you said folklore and mythology. I thought you meant Larry yeah. Murphy. Well, he's a very spooky bastard and mm. get wrecked. Get wrecked, yeah. Larry. Mm. But we decided we take a look at some of the Celtic monsters that are lesser known, Michael, and we talk about how we might put them in a very spooky film. Oh, no, I don't want them in a spooky film. Why are we Italians? Oh, why not? Uh, it's nearly <laughs> Halloween there. Very good, uh, then. Speaking of Italians, Deadpool 3 is not coming out in March anymore. Uh, shock. Yeah. This is, uh, no, sorry, May. I think this was, it was slated, Bent. Use the industry term, it was on the slate. It was slated for May the 3rd. May Uh the 3rd be with you, famously. But uh, it's not happening now. Yeah, well, I mean, no duh. Because it's not ready. It's not ready, lads. We had to stop making everything there for a while, do you remember? Remember, everything got stopped, gotten made, so there's no Deadpool 3 to be out on May the 3rd anyway. There isn't. Not a one. So, not I, you can't go one. see it on May the 3rd if it's not finished. No, sure, how could... Well, it hasn't stopped executives before, Michael, but we'll get into that another time. Very good, you've taken those executives down a shot, Ben. Mar- <laughs> it would be very unlike Marvel to produce something half-baked and just roll it out. And then release it the exact same thing a year later but in colour yeah that would be very unlike them, yeah. very good I think that Werewolf mm. by Night was great it was one of the best things Marvel have done in the last five years so that wasn't half-baked I haven't watched the colour version is it out? I, I don't know I don't care who would want to see that film in colour? people who didn't know what colour the woman's jacket was Ben we covered this last week <laughs> Lads who were going, what colour was that woman's jacket? And they weren't satisfied when they found out at the end that it was orange. They I wanted won't to know rest the whole time. Until I know the colour of that jacket. I have to know. Benjamin, anyway, they're putting Captain America 4 in instead. What used to be. Is it still called Brave New World? No, yes. they've had to change it. No, it's called Brave New World now, isn't it? It was called New, New World, World Order, Order was the original one, I think. Mm. And then they realised that all the alt writers quite often go on about that. But I think that was also the point. So this feels like um, cowardice changing. They've got coward's blood in them, Ben Marvel. Yes, a long streak of piss where blood should be. Mm. (laughs) A long Mm. streak of coward's piss. Anyway, Ben, speaking of coward's piss. Yes. What's your take on how quickly Cartoon Network have just stolen Justin Roiland's voice and personality for profit? 
yes, this is an interesting one. So, uh, earlier this year, Michael, there was a, a wave of controversy around Rick and Morty creator and Solar Opposites creator Justin Roiland. Yeah, it turns out he might be a bit of a bad bloke. Which a lot of us maybe could have guessed, given the tone of the show on occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, not a criminal, because he was found innocent in the court of law. Yeah, no. But you can be not a criminal and still a bit of a shithead. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Benjamin, here's my question. Go on. Because on this podcast, we've been all for standing up for creators' rights. We're supporting the SAG-AFTRA. We're supporting the... The WGA strike. We're supporting people in their efforts to not have their jobs stolen by AI. But do we do we still do we support a big studio hiring cheaper impersonators to ride the coattails of someone's character creations? Well, I certainly that person has been fired. Yeah, I I certainly don't. Uh, I I think it's a really weird move, and it's. It's unfortunate given that the move has already panned out very, very well um, on the other show, Solar Opposites. Um, they, But Ben, wasn't Solar yes. Opposites different? Because on Solar Opposites, they got Dan Stevens, your favourite and mine, Dan Stevens. Him yeah, from I love Dan of, Stevens. Him from out of Legion. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, this character is British now. And he always yeah. has been. Yeah. I have less an issue with that. That's just a classic recasting. I know, but I would have liked that for Rick and Morty. Yeah, that's what I mean. I hate this idea of getting impersonators in. No, I, I don't like it at all, Michael. Um, it's very strange. So the, the two gentlemen that have replaced Justin Roiland, it's two gentlemen this time. Famously, Justin Roiland did both the voice of Rick and Morty, mm. uh, Michael. But his replacements are Ian Cardoni, who's taking over as Rick Sanchez. And Harry Belden, who's taking over as young Mortimer. Ben, I've seen most of the first episode, and the Morty impersonation is absolutely spot on. Yeah, it's you cannot tell a difference. And if someone says they can, they can't. Well, they might be able to, Ben, if they're real good at listening. Because we're not. We're always talking over each other, for example. Yeah, I, I just don't like listening to you, so I try and get in there as quickly as possible. I haven't heard a word you've said, Ben. So... But the Morty impersonation seems spot on. The Rick impersonation is about as good as mine. It, it's, <laughs> I did I did have my hand hovering over the phone twice during the episode going, should I give him a ring and then see what fame is like? How is, how is he settling into his new career? <laughs> I was taken aback. Just every once in a while, the pitch just couldn't be got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His um, His speaking voice is pretty much spot on, but... He hasn't got the the gravelly peaks that Rick normally has. No, he doesn't at all. when he gets angry or surprised or sarcastic, it's very clearly a different actor. Very clearly. But the speaking voice is fine. Yeah, no, it's grand. It's it's fine. Look, Michael, I don't... I just think it's silly. Just just replace him. They've gone so far, Michael, as to remove created by Justin Roiland from the title card. That's not there anymore. It's it's bizarre. It's so weird. In this world we live in where people are so quick to support actors' rights and support creators' rights, just because someone might be a dickhead, it's it's like, no, that's fine, we'll just go with it. Ben, is there a backlash about this? You've got your ear to the backlash ground. So, uh, there's two things happening, Michael, that are kind of combating the, the attempts at a backlash. Two clever things were done. Um, so... 
one of the things done was uh, they released a a clip of the old Rick and Morty episodes. And they, they, there was a lot of debate between fans, and they were like, oh, you'll never replace this, you'll never, you know, this is a gem, this is amazing. And then they revealed that it was the two impersonators, and they had redubbed the scene. Yes, but Benjamin, any voice actor worth their salt will tell you, it's very easy to do it, not very easy, but it's a, it's, there, it's a dime a dozen to get someone who can do Rick Sanchez by just listening to and repeating Justin Roiland's intonation and delivery. Absolutely. So they they but this is I think this is a PR strike Michael more than anything. I don't I don't know if it's, you know, they're trying to say you'll never know the difference. You'll ne- yeah, you'll never know. Like the key is in in new stuff. It, the 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 real yeah. the secret of voice acting is in can you sound like the character delivering new material? Yeah, absolutely. That's the um, difference between playing the character and doing an impression. And the the second thing that's come out about this Michael it seems to be a smear campaign against um, against Justin Roiland. There's now a ton of uh, rumors that have come forward. Some substantiated by Dan Harmon, the writer of Rick and Morty, is saying that he was frequently drunk on set, made everybody uncomfortable, and you know he never wrote anything. He just came in, recorded the lines, went home, and he was incredibly angry with Dan Harmon. And my answer to that is why? Why did Adult Swim not step in sooner then. Yeah, yeah. Why did they have to wait till there was a sexual assault allegation? Um, yeah. If you're making people uncomfortable on set, Michael, if you're if you're causing a hostile work environment, get wrecked, scrub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of them, if that's what you wanted. Mm. But they were more than happy to put up with that while it was still profitable. But as yeah. soon as public opinion turned against them, they don't care the public opinion turns against them. They're worried that public opinion influenced the profits. Yeah. Oh, it's now, gross. The whole thing is I, gross. I do I do want to step back from it on a, on a personal level and say, I don't care whether Justin Roiland gets to keep his property. I don't think he should get to keep it. I don't think he should get success if he's a bit of a bad egg, allegedly. Yeah, he sounds However, like a real prick. But, yeah, exactly. But what these what the studio are doing feels just as gross. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's funny, I hadn't thought of it through the lens of the AI conversation, but you actually make a very good point. We are kicking up stink at the moment for actors being replaced by AI or content being generated by a nameless machine and yet there is a creator who was very popular Mm. at one point and he has had he's just been scrubbed from the record yeah yeah and his creations live on through the work of a writing room that he has nothing to do with and actors who are being paid to literally impersonate him. I don't see how that is any worse than just replacing him with an AI. Yeah, I mean, it, it pays those two actors, and fair fucks to those two actors. Look, maybe they need... The, look, it's a job for them, and so be it. Do you know what I mean? Go go make your cheddar, as the kids would say. Make but, it rain, Ben, I think the, the young people say now. I I think... The, it's the, 2005, the, isn't it? It's 2005, yeah. yeah it's correct, 2005. Yeah. That's what they said. Um, yeah. Wonderwall has just had its 10th anniversary um, <laughs> release. Um, I, d- I don't know if that's accurate. I hope it is. Uh, come it here is. to me. Come here to me. What? I think the, the lemon juice in the wound of this one, Michael, is Ugh. it's been done perfectly right on Solar Opposites. Yes. Totally fine <laughs> they, with that. They recast him with the famous actor. They made a joke of the voice changing. They underlined it. They, you know, it feels so 
Michael, to use an ancient Irish phrase, yeah, their blood has been replaced with a streak of long coward's piss. This <laughs> is an old Irish phrase. Now, it is usually in the original Gaelic, <laughs> but we don't have time to get into that now. Because, Benjamin, we don't, have, we don't have time to get into that at all, because you have to explain to us in depth what even is Captain Laserhawk. Michael, I watch this and I have no fucking clue. Oh, very good. Okay, well, that was a brief segment. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to that segment. This is fucking... Michael, I watched this, right? Go on. This is is a release. It's six episodes. Oh, I love six episodes. Very manageable. Six episodes. Tidy. Bang tidy. It's from Adi Shanker, Michael. Adi Shanker from Adi Shanker's Bootleg Universe. Yeah, so tell me a bit more about this, Michael, because you said this to me before we came on air. I don't know what that is. Tell you me do, more. Benjamin, we've done an episode on Adi Shankar's bootleg universe. Uh, Adi- Michael, I erase these the moment they're out of my brain. <laughs> That's all this is, is a way of getting this shit out of Ben's head. Ben, Adi Shankar was an independent filmmaker. Yeah. And he made his mark by doing unlicensed, grim, dark versions of pop culture stuff. Yeah. So his his most famous was probably Laundry Day, the uh, the unlicensed Punisher short film with Thomas Jane. Yes. Do you remember it? It was very good. We loved that, Michael. Very good. He did a Venom one as well. I can't remember what it was called. It was something like Here's Venom. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. And his magnum opus, in a way, Ben, was the grim and gritty futuristic retelling of all the dead Power Rangers called Power Slash Rangers. Oh, very good. Where he got the real Jason David Frank back. I forgot about that. He was there. Was some lad from Dawson's Creek there as well? I can't remember. Yes, Pacey, I think. Was it? Very good. I can't remember, Michael. I don't know. Yeah, someone someone else famous was in it. Right. Anyway, that's him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, he's done a, he's done a bloody uh, Netflix anime. Oh, go on. Uh, yeah, so this is bizarre, Michael. It's set in a future world. Now, the the most important thing to understanding all of this, Michael... Go on. ...is that it's a Ubisoft-licensed TV show. No, hey, um, hey. Yes. I don't know what anybody told you, but I don't be soft, Ben. I'd be hard. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you'd be, you'd be well hard, mate. Don't worry. Um, no, this is more, Michael, uh, far from telling on yourself on a on a beloved national podcast where yeah. both co-hosts have been replaced by voice actors who do a very good impression. Um, <laughs> That'd no, be great. Michael, the, Fuck, it, we'd have our Mondays back. <laughs> it's really nice. So this is based, Michael, on Ubisoft's entire gaming franchise. Now, Michael, for those of us that don't know what Ubisoft is... The the biggest game you probably know from them is none other than Assassin's Creed. That's their property. Yeah. They own the rights to that. If you were a retro gaming fan, you might know them from their almost half mascot, Rayman. Rayman, great. His arms and legs aren't even attached. His arms and legs aren't even attached, Michael. If you're into other gaming franchises, you might know them, Michael, from Far Cry. Far Cry is pretty popular there as well. Yeah, and that's the game where they're like, hey, we're all killers on this island. You better be yes. a killer as well or else you're not welcome on the island. I think that's Far Cry 2 or no, 3. I don't... That's all of them. I don't... Oh, it's, it's just all of them. Is that's it what it good? is. Killers on an island. That's what Far Cry is about. Right, so... It, that's fine. And Adi Shankar came to these people and said, I'd like to make an anime using all of your properties. And they said, oh, right, you're going to make like 10 different series featuring our characters? Oh, no, he goes, no, 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 no. It's a shared universe. 
the Ubisoft shared universe. Yeah, and he went, and they went, ah. Some of the, right, Assassin, Assassin's Creed, though, and Rayman. It isn't, How does that work? His arms aren't even <laughs> attached to his body. And Michael, then he said, and I want it all to be based on a weird standalone game that came out in 2013 called Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Oh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon's great, Ben. Far Cry yeah. 3 Blood Dragon was a semi-sequel, semi-DLC spin-off pack where it was a 80s synthwave version of uh, Far Cry. And yeah, that's exactly what we get, Michael. We get uh, an 80s cyberpunk dystopia alternate timeline. Oh, fabulous. And the major villain of this is a corporation, Eden Corp. Eden Corp is, of course, the famous technology used in Assassin's Creed. They use the Eden tech to send people back in time. Um, So they've taken over the world as a mega corporation. Oh, fucking late stage capitalism strikes again, Ben. And Michael, in the most bizarre pun in the world, the way they've done this is they introduced Universal Basic Income, or UBI, like Ubisoft. Very good. (laughs) And that's a very interesting American take on Universal Basic Income, though, isn't it? Yeah, so what they've done is, it's, oh, there's a strong anti-socialist thing going on here, Michael. Oh, Oh, very good. It's a a little subversive in that way. Like, bad subversive, not good subversive. Oh, good. Um, So, apparently, universal basic income is a way for corporations to trick people into signing up to the corporation. And then come the abuses of power later down the line when everybody doesn't have to work and they don't have their own agency. And working for the corporation and getting universal basic income, Michael, takes all your agency away. Oh, fuck it. Any corporations out there want to send us a couple of hundred euro a week, I, you can have all of my agency. Yeah, you can have all of us. Seriously, I've got so little left anyway. Um, <laughs> come, here. come here to me, though. The main character of this is, well, calling him the main character is a bit of a stretch, but Dolph Laserhawk... Oh, that's Captain Dolph Laserhawk is a former military man who signed up to cybernetic enhancements, not unlike Michael. Yes. The protagonist of the original Bloodhawk spin-off, Sergeant Rex Power Cult. Oh, very good. Yeah. So he, however, was experimented on by the military and now he's a bloody terrorist within that society. He wants to free everybody and he has a big gay lover, Michael. And I think that's the most interesting thing about this the main protagonist of this Dolph Laserhawk is a homosexual man and he's in a very clear and open relationship with another terrorist called Alex a big muscly man with a moustache that looks like he's hopped out of Miami Vice two pair of gay fellas yeah and it's very good Michael just there in the future yeah and it's wonderfully 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 animated it's actually a joy to watch but where this shit gets mental Michael and we're going to have to put spoilers on it from here is the amount of Ubisoft cameos oh yeah is it Rayman in it Ben that we get Rayman is the spokesperson for this Eden but he doesn't his arms aren't attached to his body Ben how does he exist so he is an alien refugee from Dimension X which is yeah. <laughs> Fucking get what? And Michael, he goes through uh, a transition within the show and major spoilers here if you don't if you don't want them move on to the whatever the timestamp is that's next. Ray woman. No, no, he goes into a major transition and he kind of gets discarded by the gatekeepers of Utopia who are none other than the Templars from Assassin's Creed. Simon They've succeeded basically. Yes, Simon Templar. Michael. Amazing. <laughs> And he kind of has this whole arc where he becomes disillusioned with the world and blah, blah, blah. We'll get into that in a second. 
The other cameos that we get, Michael, are insane. Have you ever played Beyond Good and Evil? Yes. Beyond Good and Evil has a has a protagonist called Jade. Was that a PlayStation game? Uh, it's an Xbox game, I think. Oh, then I didn't play it. Hang on, I let me, think let me check it here. White, I think. Uh, yeah, so the video game... Oh, t- yes! Oh, no, you're absolutely right. PlayStation 2 and yeah, yeah, Xbox. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did play it. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, so, Michael, Jade is the protagonist of that, and she features in this. And the strange pig sidekick that she has in Beyond Good and Evil, the game, features in this as well. And what happens is, anyway, major spoilers here, Dolph gets betrayed by his lover. Oh, Alex! It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of that, so you're actually spot on. Um, And he ends up arrested... And the warden of their supermax prison puts together a little suicide squad, Michael. Oh, this is fabulous stuff. And Michael, who's on the suicide squad from the Ubisoft? Okay, let's have a look. Okay. Captain Laserhawk. Yes. Rayman. No. Simon Templar. (laughs) No. Jade. Yes. Oh, yeah, the pig fella from that game. Absolutely correct. That's all the... Ubisoft characters I know Michael none other than the American monster Cody Rhodes Cody Rhodes from wrestling (laughs) what why is is Cody Rhodes from wrestling in this he's there as Cody Rhodes voiced by Cody Rhodes wait a minute Cody Rhodes son of son of gold dust yes what's it why is what what Ubisoft character is he? It's absolute madness. It is absolute <laughs> madness. Uh, and then, Michael, on top of that, we get an assassin. Oh, yeah. From Assassin's Creed. However, Michael, the assassin, the last assassin, as he's known in this game, is a French frog. Well, that's a bit on the, on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely mental, Michael. Ben, is... Um is Prince of Persia in it? Prince of Persia is an Ubisoft game, isn't it? It could be in season two. I'm not oh, sure what to tell you, Michael. saving them up. This is jam-packed with stuff, Michael. It's revealed uh, about halfway through that uh, the Warden is, uh, and this is another major spoiler, she's the daughter of Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe that they wouldn't have the the Rainbow Six... Um, no, that sort of stuff because it would be Tom Clancy's own. It's in there. The Tom Clancy stuff is in there as well. That is yeah. fucking gas. Ben is South Park in there? It's not. It's oh, not. That's a shame. But do you know what? Do you know what else is in there, Michael? Have oh, you ever played on. Watch Dogs on PlayStation? I haven't, but I'm, I'm familiar with it. One of the protagonists, Holloway, is the leader of the rebellion. Get all the way up out of here. That's gas. fucking bizarre. Ben, is this just a 2020s edgy remake for adults? Of the seminal early 90s children's cartoon, Captain N. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to have a look. Are you not familiar with Captain N, Ben? Captain N, the Game Master. I don't, I know. Oh, I see it now. Do you not know Captain N? Captain N, Ben, is about a little boy. Right. Um, And uh, he, he gets sucked into the Nintendo universe. As you do. As you do, Ben. And he has to save the world from, like, 
Metroid and Simon Belmont help. Your mate Simon Belmont, Ben. My up, mate Simon Belmont. He teams up with your mate Simon Belmont and he teams up with Mega Man and there's Mario there and everything and Kid Icarus and all the fucking Donkey Kongs and everything. Yeah, so it's a bit like that, Michael, except there's nobody that's been transported into this world. There's no hint that this is all a fantasy. They all just exist together. It must be, it must be very exciting, Ben, for fans of Assassin's Creed to finally see some media of Assassin's Creed. That's decent. No, no, this, this is the first, isn't it? Uh, no, Michael Fassbender once played an assassin in the Assassin's Creed live action movie. No, I don't think he did, Ben. I think I'd, uh, <laughs> I think I'd remember if that had happened. <laughs> I think we'd all like to forget it happened, yeah, sure. Speaking, sure. Ben. Go on. Of wishing we could forget something happened. Yeah. You've just been bombarding me this last couple of weeks with horror films I haven't seen. Lashing the match, Michael. Absolutely lashing them at me, Benjamin. I'm swatting them away from my face like... I can't think of anything clean. A swatty thing. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like poop at a poop party. But anyway. Yeah, good. Solid. You're a bit of a wordsmith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we do a podcast. Um, <laughs> we, well, this week, though, what did we watch for... for Things like ah, Ben, you do your intro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm Michael, gonna no, I'm gonna nope out of this. This week, <laughs> what we did was we <laughs> decided to tackle hell. the boys from County Hell, which is the most recent addition to the Irish horror film canon. Oh, go uh, on. It came out in 2022, Michael. That's only last year, and uh, it's based on a very famous legend from Northern Ireland, uh, that of Overtock. Oh yeah, go on. And Overtock is a bit of a mental legend, Michael. So once upon a time, way, way back in the day there now, uh, there was there was a wee fella, and emphasis on the wee fella, because he is apparently, according to legend, um, a little person or a dwarf. Oh, he's only a wee fella. He's only a wee fella. And anyway, this particular wee fella was a bit of a bastard. Oh, no. What did he do? Um, he's a wizard. He was a wizard. How was he now a wizard? He's an L wizard. And he ran a little segment up there in Derry of the land, and he was a real prick. He was mean to everybody, a um, lot of torturing, a lot of killing, a lot of rampant bad behaviour. Oh, that sounds even worse than Justin Roiland. Now, Ben, when you say Derry, is that the place that you refer to as London Derry? I've never referred to it as that, you sly fuck. Don't you try and get me. Don't you try and get me, son. Oh, I will. I will. I'll constantly yeah, will. I will. You will. You will continue to do that as you have become accustomed. But come here to me. Overtalk is such a prick that uh, the chieftain of a local village, Michael, a man called Cahan, yep. or Cahoyne, depending on which version you read, he, yeah. he comes along and he goes, oh, well, I'll, I'll go sort that out because he's a bit of a prick. I'll and he does. He, yep. he gets in there pretty handy, as chieftains often do in, in Irish mythology. And he comes over and he calls over... Overtock and he says, "Yeah, come here to me." And Overtock goes, "All right, I'll come over now." And uh, he just kills him immediately. He just oh, he gives him an L, gives him an L slicing, and says, "Right, that's sorted. Chuck him in the ground there. Put a cairn on top of him. We'll call it a day." Oh, that's right. Nice. Well, that was nice. And story. he goes to bed, and he's delighted. Michael, he's like, "Jesus, that was bang tidy." And then Michael, he rows through that area in Derry again, about a week later. And everyone in Derry goes, oh, no, 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 you didn't kill him. He's still, he's still causing absolute havoc. If anything, he's a little bit more pissed off now and causing even more havoc. Now, Benjamin, when you say Derry, do you mean the place that you call London Derry, personally? Get wrecked, you little overtook. Um, <laughs> right. So he goes, what? Hang on. on. And then he turns around and he has a look at this again. And he goes, oh, Jesus, look, Derry is there now. There's he's Overtook. Here, back. you, come here to me. 
come here to me over here. And Overtook goes, what do you want? I'm busy killing and maiming people. And he goes, get fucking back in there. And he kills him again. Oh, yeah. And this time he goes, right, grand, fucking sorted. So this time he says, I tell you what, if we bury him six foot under horizontally, that's not really deep enough. So bury him six foot under, bury him standing up. Okay, yeah. And put a ton of rocks on top of him this time and he can't come back. And everybody goes, yay, Cahan sorted, great, fucking wonderful news. And Cahan rolls off again and he goes, ah, fucking great I am. Jesus. Then, Michael. Oh no, does he come back again? Albert comes out of the grave again, Michael. And this time he's an absolute fucking bastard. Uh, And he pretty much makes the hills of Derry run red with blood. Oh my God, not for the Um, first time. As revenge. Not for the first time, Michael, certainly not for the last. Um, But anyway, come here to me. Come here to me. Yes, go on. This time, Cahan goes, "Ah, look, I obviously don't know what I'm doing here. I tell you what, I'll get on ancient bloody Google and I'll get a druid. And he oh, you can't pay the old druids. <laughs> can't pay the old druids. So he grabs a druid and he says, here, come here to me. And the druid goes, what? What you want? And he goes, look, I've tried to kill this Overtook fella twice. And uh, the druid goes, how'd you do that then? And he goes, well, I, I just fucking laid into him with a sword, you know, yourself. And the druid goes, ah, here, come here to me. Come here to me. Yeah, won't do it. He's undead, man. You can't just kill him. He's already dead. That's not how any of this works. Which, Michael, I have to say, for ancient folklore, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes we stake them and they die. And it's like, but in this case, the druid is like, no, no, he's already dead. So you can't do it again. Can't just kill him. He's dead. <laughs> you can't just kill him again. So he goes, I tell you what, I tell you what, go and get yourself a bit of an ash tree. Oh, yeah. Sharpen it into a point. Mm. And stick it in Overtuck, right? Oh, yeah. And Cahan goes, oh, all right, okay, what'll that do? And he goes, I don't know, I'm a druid, I don't, I'm not a scientist, but it works. And he goes, all right, okay, Grant. Yeah. So he goes off and he sharpens it. But before he leaves the druid, the druid goes, how did you bury him? And Cahan goes, come on, I buried him standing up, I'm not thick. It's not my first rodeo. And the druid goes, did you bury him upside down, though? And Cahan goes, oh, Jesus. I forgot to bury him upside down. I knew it would be something like burying upside down. So anyway, he goes and he tracks down Overtuck again and he says, here, come here to me, you. And Overtuck goes, what? What do you want? I'm busy killing. And he sticks him with a bit of ash. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bit of a broken And Overtuck goes, oh, you bastard. Oh, fuck you. Now I can't do anything. And Cahan goes, I know, yeah, I fucking sorted you this time. And he buries him upside down under a big pile of stones, Michael. And that's Overtalk. Overtalk is a bizarre little undead creature that is technically still existing under that mound and that cairn over there in Derry. Or as you say, London Derry. Ben, but what has any of this got to do with this film that we fucking watched? Well, Michael, they've already gone and made that into a movie. What if someone knocked over the cairn and brought him back? Very good. Um, so this this is the first one that isn't a product of the Irish Film Board. Yes, because not at it's all. No national lottery money here, uh, because this is from Film Northern Ireland. Yeah, and it comes from our good pals over at Shudder. Shudder, Ben, your favourite, your mates over at Shudder. I was yeah, very Shudder wants to sponsor us, please. Yeah, get on do. it. Get on it. We'll, we'll watch anything, <laughs> Ben. So it's got a who's who of Irish people in it. Pretty much, yeah. And yeah. by that I mean, who are they, Ben? I can't, I don't know any of them. <laughs> All right, well, the one that you probably recognise, Michael, 
most from all the lads in County Hell there. We saw him in none other than Hawkeye, Michael. Oh, yeah. And Rebel Moon. None other than Hawkeye. And he plays Will in this, Michael. But that's... Oh, hang on. What a great time for my screen to... Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. Um, yeah, he absolutely does. He plays uh, Francis Fee, or Fra Fee, as he mm. likes to be credited. Um, and he's Will. And Will is just a fella about town, and he's doing the most Irish of things. He's about to move to that Australia. He's about to emigrate, Ben. He's about to get out of there, because it's an old shite hole of a place. Yeah, he's about, to, he's about to, to get out of there. And our second fella there, Michael, is uh, Eugene. And Eugene's played by Jack Roan, who's another fairly um, famous fella, you know? Ben, the most famous person in it is, though, is Orla from Derry Girls. Orla from Derry Girls is the uh, Louise Harland. She's playing Claire McCann. She is, and it's great for her to get to play a character who isn't as dense as a brick. Yeah, she's great. She's actually pretty good in this. She's, she's got a lot of agency. And, uh, she's the she's best pretty thing in it. She has the best yeah. screen presence of any of them. Any of them, Michael. Very good. Any you know who them. else is in it, Ben? Go on. The man who has haunted my dreams for the last few weeks... Because oh, he yeah. has been in all of these. Go the on. Very underrated Irish character actor, David Pierce. David Pierce is knocking about there quite a bit. Um, he is Cahill in this. Because he's, he's, he's the guard. <laughs> yeah, so he's the guard in this one. Yeah. He was the bartender in Grabbers. Yeah. And he's, what else is he? He's in everything, Ben. He wasn't in. He wasn't in the Hollow because the Hollows is only has like four people in it. I assume oh, he was in it, but they just he, they cut him out in the edit. Michael, there is another actor there that was also in Grabbers. Do you know who it was? Who else is in Grabbers, Ben? Lala Roddy is there. Who's that? Um, he plays the Elfle in the opening scene. He's the alcoholic in Grabbers. He's the fisherman who catches one in the the lobster pot. Very good. That was him, Ben. There's so and many the same people in this. There's so many in this, Michael. There's other who's who's there of kind of well-known Irish actors. Michael, Nigel O'Neill is there. He plays Francie. Oh, yeah, um, he's great. Eugene's da. And I, I don't know if he's any relation to Sam O'Neill. I can't remember. I don't think he is. The, but he looks very trophy. like him. He looks very like... No, not the Sam Maguire, Michael. No, that's, that's not what happened. But uh, Nigel O'Neill is in it. He's pretty popular around these parts. The other fella's in it. The man with the eyebrows to, that makes the most out of it. John Lynch is there, Michael. Um, Fabulous and he plays, he plays Will's da. Um, he pops up all over the place, Michael. He was in most recently. Uh, well, you might know him from the name of the father. He was the the pair of eyebrows in that as well, Michael. He was stunt eyebrows for Daniel Day Lewis. Can't in- bait a fucking pair of eyebrows, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the opening scene, the opening scene of this film is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen put to film. Such a gentle, disturbing, stick with you visual. Oh, horrible scene. So Ben, there's two old there's two old people. Yeah. And they're just doing old people in Ireland normal everyday shit. Absolutely. And uh they're deciding whether to go to the pub or not, and they don't want to because it's full of degenerates. Yeah, they're watching a bit of telly, seeing if they're going to do something with their Saturday night. And then the wife just says to the husband, I think I've got a and her nose is bleeding. And then it cuts to the husband and he is just, blood is just leaking out of his eyeballs. And it's just so mundane. And he just just says to his wife, I I don't know. And And he has a horrible old man moment of vulnerability. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, it's horrible. It's awful. It's truly shocking. Talk about exploiting the the vulnerability of old people, Michael. Uh, 
interestingly here, Michael, one of the most unique vampire feeding visuals I think I've ever come across. Absolutely fucking terrifying opening. It's not, he's not a come in and get you and grab you and bite you vampire. Not at all. He's just, if you've got any sort of orifice, the blood is going to come out of it and it's going to flow to him. And stream towards Overtuck. It's bizarre. Absolutely horrid and terrifying. And then I tell you what, I didn't hate this film by any stretch of the imagination, but they piss away that imagery. Very quick. They really waste that opportunity because this had the opportunity to be utterly terrifying, but they decided to go down the route of comedy more than horror. It's so funny because I I felt exactly the same, Michael. It's very hard to make Irish stuff scary. I think primarily because of our sense of humour and that urge to lean on... Ah, Jesus, aren't we all Irish? Isn't it grand? Isn't it gas? Don't we all have things that we all do, huh? 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 It's gas, isn't it? It's gas how we're not really shocked by horrible things because everyone just tries to make a joke to make everyone feel less uncomfortable. But it doesn't stop the the different horror elements that they bring in being absolutely terrifying. But then, unfortunately, they kind of get undercut mm. by Francie cracking a joke or Eugene making a bit of a, ah, Jesus, I've seen worse down the pub. And you're just like, ah, oh, lads, yeah. that was genuinely terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've very rarely seen a film undercut its own... And then, on the other hand, at scenes of a bit of emotional depth or a bit of clever comedy, they get they get undercut by grotesque and terrifying violence. There are two very competing tones in the film. Now, I loved this. I, I think this is my favourite film of the four we've watched so far. Oh, very um, interesting. Go on. Yeah, I but I do agree with you. I think it's at war with itself in more ways than one, Michael, because there are two distinct plots happening Yes, uh, in this film. And I also think that kind of takes away from it. Mm, go on, what are the two distinct plots? So one of the plots is uh, Will and Eugene and their friendship, unfortunately, being cut rather short by a mad bull. Yeah, yeah, a terrifying bull. Um, so spoilers for the film um, <laughs> as if that weren't clear by now uh, Will is absolutely destroyed um, by a bizarre rural Irish thing that I would say probably had any farmer that's watching he goes should I watch out for the fucking bull boys I told you he to said watch there was a bull, bull in the field sometimes mm-hmm. you know not to fuck around with it but they didn't and uh, Will unfortunately gets pinned to the cairn that uh, Overtock is supposed to be under and that establishes two things. Uh, number one, uh, an absolute tragedy for the film to kind of pivot on. Yeah. Um, and number two, uh, the source of infection for vampirism in this story. Yeah, it's not getting bitten, it's a bit of the old rock. Yeah, so the rocks on Overtock's Cairn are basically contaminated with vampirism. Mm. Um, and to scratch yourself on them means that you've got the infection. Now, mm. Michael, all I can say to that is there would have been many vampires over the years before that. Yeah, I think I think you had to really dig it in there. I don't know if like a little graze would have done it. All right, well, it's not very well established. But then what happens is, Michael, Will comes back as a a bit more zombie than a vampire, I suppose. Uh, uh, like a, a young, blood-crazed vampire. Yeah, something like that. And then at the same time, Overtock is released. Yes. And what we see then is our core cast dealing with the ramifications of seeing a friend they all held dear come back 
Um, but also the subplot of the entire village being devoured by Overtuck, the ancient Celtic vampire. And that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Each each one of those, Michael, is terrifying in their own way. But then they compete against each other. Whereas I think if they had laid it out a little bit differently, if Will's return had been the precursor mm. to Overtock emerging as a final boss kind of figure. Yes, go on. It might have allowed the horror to flow a bit more naturally and the tension to ramp up a bit more. I think the Will subplot is simultaneously one of the most Irish kind of family tragedies I've ever seen put to screen, whilst also being a very uniquely hyperno horror. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a nice, it's a very good try. There's a very good line where Francie says to Will's dad, oh, when, and he's talking about him coming back to life on the, on the morgue table. Yeah. And he says, you must have got a fierce shock. Yeah. <laughs> and the other fellow says, no, Francie, I was grand. <laughs> but there's a lot of that done. And it, I said a couple of weeks ago, Michael, I thought they represented Irish life very well in Grabbers. Not a fucking scratch on it from this. This is phenomenal representation of actual rural Irish life. I, I watched this and every single character that came across was like, I've met six or seven people like that. Um, yeah. One of the ones I thought was... was it's definitely not a uniquely Irish thing, but SP, the character of SP. Sean Paul. Yeah, but I was just like, Jesus Christ, I've I've met a few of them in the smoking area of different pubs. Like, there's SPs fucking everywhere across the island. And there's there's a real core of actual events in Irish people's lives. For example, Will is going to Australia, and he's just told his best mate, who doesn't mm. plan on leaving, um... And then he hasn't told his missus either. Yes, very good. Very, very interesting. So there's a, there's a lot going on in this film. And then I have to say my heart was broken for Will's parents as they try and navigate this bizarre zombie monster son. Yes, his um, mother plays it very well. His mother is the most Irish mammy in the world. She sacrifices herself to her son, my little man. And that's it. That's that's how she goes out. That's the um, end of her. But there was, again, just just to really highlight that undercutting, his da has a horrible end scene because he makes a joke at the end. Um, he goes, ah, fuck. Yeah. And yes. then he gets devoured by his son. Whereas this is a man who literally murdered another man for his son and is then about to fall victim to him. And it's not paid for pathos or, or depth or anything. All he gets is a single click and he goes, ah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. it, it undercuts that away, itself. man. It undercuts yeah. itself to the degree that I've heard people describe Marvel films of doing. But like, if you wanted to show people that criticism of Marvel films, but they didn't quite get it because they only ever watch Marvel films, this is it to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. So you could show them this and go, this is what I mean about Marvel films. But This is what I'm subtler. talking about. But the, cause this, this is, is just so weird. Like that that opening scene still freaks me out. I still think about it. That that visual, as long as it's used, Overtuck feeding through streams of blood, is fucking terrifying. Yeah, um, yeah, horrible. And it's played so well by the characters that experience the nosebleed and go, What the fuck? Because you would, you'd just be streaming. And yeah. then and then in other cases, Michael, it's it's heavily implied. For example, uh, the Garda, his blood starts coming through his fucking piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just comes out some orifice. 
it's, it, it, wherever there's a gap yeah, for Overtook to feed from, it'll just get pulled out. It's awful. And then one of the things I found fascinating, Michael, and one of the things I kind of really appreciate about this is Overtook is a monster in every sense of the word. He's not a clever, sentient being. He's not a, you know, a, a mellifluous kind of vampire lord come back for a thing. He's, a, he's an animal. Um, he's a fucking creepy animal. Um, yeah. He's a classic Nosferatu-looking fella, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's played by Robert Strange, Michael. Um, Robert Strange kind of embodies that. And I have to say, great creature design. He's just this blue, ugly-buggly thing. Ben. Yeah. His death, or how they get him in the end, Yeah, just summarises this bizarre mixed message of comedy and horror. Yeah. Where, big spoilers, obviously, Overtalk almost severs Francie's leg. Yes. With an with axe. The axe. Yeah. Yeah. And then they use that to kill him. Yeah. And so poor what old a bizarre Eugene. Bizarre choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it's a weird one, man. Um I couldn't I enjoyed it. I think it was great. I think it hits on a lot of Irish themes. I think it's a truly Irish horror film as well in a way that many of the others kind of missed the mark or they brought in protagonists that didn't necessarily like in the hollow our main protagonist for most of the film is Adam who's an Englishman an English fella traversing the Irish landscape in Grabbers our main protagonist is an English fella pretending to be an Irishman pretty well though pretty well though fucking great job from Richard Coyle Mm. and then in the first film we watched uh, which I can't remember now hold um, the ground he's 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 a creepy little American boy um, <laughs> who happens to be Irish. This felt because in in the hole in the ground, it's just Appalachia. It's just a it's a forest. It's Bray, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not Bray. the horrors of Bray. Yeah, um, very Irish. Very very interesting. Very good delivery. I I felt that it was weaker when they when Claire wasn't on screen. Sadly, and yeah, the way of getting rid of her for the denouement I thought was particularly disappointing. But I couldn't understand that decision, Michael. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird decision-making for the characters and weird decision-making for the screenwriting. Purely, yeah, purely from a screenwriting point of view, Michael, why would you establish... So there's there's a few things that are hinted at. I think there's two very different movies happening on screen. I think yes. there were rewrites. I think they might have had to do something for Shudder to make it more horror-esque. But it's, it's heavily implied that Eugene and Claire have a spark. Yeah, I don't like that anyway, but go on. It's it's a pointless plot point in the end. But one of the things that's interesting is Will gets drunk at the start of the film and is always giving people a dig when he's drunk. Yeah. And he, he has a particular issue with Eugene because Eugene keeps bringing up his girlfriend. Mm. And it's heavily implied that that is their big sticking point as friends. Then they build on that for about two thirds of the film. There's a few different moments. They use it to lure Will into a trap. Yeah. By holding hands. And they just throw it away. They're just like, no, we don't need that now. Um, Claire's going to try and save her ma. Yeah, Claire's going to save her ma off screen. It's Grant. Don't worry about it. Very strange. Very strange. But Michael... Oh, great film. I really enjoyed it. It's just a film of competing halves. Mm, Quarters Um, even. 
quarters even. Um, and it's based very closely on the myth of Overtalk, Michael. And it's nice to see a bit of Celtic monstrosity on screen. Ben, are there any other Celtic monstrosities that would be good on screen? Oh, Michael, I think there's loads. Oh, um, go on, tell us some of them. I have one so, to start, Ben. Go on, you tell me yours then, Michael. It's very rare you get to start a segment. Go on. Benjamin, I have a legend of one of the most terrifying creatures in Irish mythology. Oh, yeah. It's a horrible, terrifying creature, Ben, called the Bannon T. <laughs> okay, tell me and about what, that, Michael. What You're these talking. are, Benjamin, is these are old crones. Yeah. And they live in a house, Ben, and they speak only Gaelic. Oh, you got me. Yeah, go on. That's it. That's the entire thing. They don't kill anyone or anything. They're just horrible ones. Right. Right. That's a little Gale talked joke there for any <laughs> Irish listeners. It's a very unique Gale talked joke there um, from Michael. Um, I'm taken aback. I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> now, um, Michael, come here to me. Ben, There's a few different things. Yes, we should tell our. We should just tell our uh, tell our international listeners that a ban on tea is just a housewife. Uh, but it's not. It's a. It's a housekeeper. A woman of the house, Ben. Woman of the house, ban on tea. Not to be confused, Michael, with the banshee. Oh, ban on she. What a segue. Um, the woman of the the woman of the the fairies uh, mm. or the otherworldly woman is essentially the translation there. So when we talk about Irish folklore, as we often do on this podcast, Michael, we've actually had quite a few of these struck off our list, Michael. There's no point in us making a film about a changeling. No, because we saw the hollows and the hole in the ground. Yeah, yeah. There's changelings left, right, and center, Ben. Oliver Talk's been snapped up. He was in bloody... He was in bloody The Boys from County Hell there the other day. The classic Irish folklore of aliens coming from the sky with big tentacly boys is gone. I do, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, grabber. That's just, okay. yeah, it's just a little... little uh, yeah, there you go. All right, okay. I'm done now, Michael. I've I kind of finished now. That that really dampened my my uh, enthusiasm no, was, for this. So it, was I think good, it was a good no, joke, no, Ben. Right. I just, no, it's okay. I just didn't get right. it. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So Fuck what's you. left... Um, there's loads of stuff left, Michael, thankfully. We haven't seen many with Banshees. We've got the Banshees of Inish Aaron, Michael, which was originally pitched to us. When when I saw it originally, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to make a horror movie. They didn't at all. There's barely any Banshees in the Banshees of Inish Aaron. But I think you could do a pretty solid anti-American imperialism horror film using an L Banshee. Oh, very good, Ben. Of course, the most scary thing ever about Banshees was the 1990s children's crisp Banshee bones. Banshee bones are terrifying, Michael. What an illustration. That had stuck in your mind for years. Benjamin, it haunted me as a child, the Banshee image from that crisps. But Banshees are definitely the Irish mythological horror monster that I was most scared of growing up. Well, yeah, because you would, I suppose, Michael. But, yeah, let's say, for example, the the core mythology behind that is, first of all, if you see a woman washing her hair in a river or a lake, no, you didn't. No. Right? Second of all, if she looks like an old crone washing a bit of clothing, no, you didn't. Stay away Okay? Didn't see her. If you hear a scream out in the darkness, someone you know is probably going to die. Mm. Right. Uh, however, Michael, if we go to the core of the legend, it actually only follows certain family n- lineages around. The El Cavanas. The El Cavanas, for example, Michael. Now, what I would pitch to you, Michael, is a very, very simple movie where we're going to have to take a smidge of liberty with oh, the myth no. and say that she's kind of a, a vengeful spirit for families, perhaps. Okay, a bit like the fall of the House of Usher. A bit like that, Michael, let's say. So let's say, Michael, I don't know, there was a real prick of an American CEO. What was his name? John O'Connell, we'll say. 
Okay, classic name. We'll, we'll have him played by Colin Meaney. Right? Oh, okay. Right? He's moving back to the homeland, Michael. I wanted to be played by Colin Meaney with an American accent. That's oh, what very, I want. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd love That's that. what I want. That or John that. Hamm. I'll take one or the other. Very, very chalk and cheese there. Been. Yes, they are. But I'll take it. He's moving back to the homeland, right? And he has bought back his family's land, but he hasn't done it very ethically, Michael. He's basically bought up the land surrounding them and forced the family that was living there to move. Right? Classic Americans. Now, Michael, Michael, it turns out that the farmer who is living there, we'll say Donegal, why not? Okay, Or as you call it, London Donegal. London... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he, he gets the last of the cabinets, Michael. And this old man is so disgruntled by having been forced off his family land that he kicks the bucket. Oh, yeah. And, Michael, you know what happens next. A banshee. The banshee that's been looking after that family for decades goes and haunts the O'Connells, Michael, oh, for the rest no. of the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we should play it as a Mike Flanagan kind of gig, Michael, and Ooh. go full-on gory kind of meet-their-end for American imperialism. So that's my first pitch for you, Michael. Benjamin, one of the things I always found most terrifying about the banshee was that the banshee wasn't going to get you, though. Yes, I know, but I, t- I said we had to take a bit of liberty, Michael. Oh, Remember? you're taking a huge liberty, you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a big agent of chaos now, and she's going to oh. kill everybody. But I'd like to see that, Michael. I'd like to see, you know, uh, uh, a bloody bunch of Americans who are like, you know, I'm Irish. <laughs> Get their comeuppance. <laughs> I think I think the island as a whole would find that very cathartic. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I think I'm so. all for that. So that's my first pitch to you, Michael. We might call it something like the Silver Comb. Oh, or yeah. the Silver Comb of Death. Oh, um, yeah, if you want to be dramatic. Or Cavna's Acre. Something like that. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, Kevin Zaker, and we'll call it that, right? But that was pitch number one. And then, Michael, while I was researching this, I found out, right? That your family was one of the families haunted by banshees. No, not at all. Um, oh, no, your family not, not, even, not even a little bit, Michael. Um, but what I found, Michael, was, do you know werewolves have a massive place in our folklore? Get out of here, do they? Where yeah. are they at? So, in Gaelic, it's called, it's called a cunrucht. That's what we call a werewolf. Oh, the old Conructs, all right. Yeah. And, Michael, if you look into our history, there's actually an ancient Celtic tribe um, who were said to all be wolf walkers. Oh, what were um, they up to? Yeah. So, one of the things, one of, one of the werewolf myths that we see sometimes is that some werewolves wear the hide of a wolf and then become the animal. Um, okay. And it turns out that part of this is an Irish originating myth. And if you carry the second name O'Fuelon, oh yeah, you are descended from that tribe of werewolves. Fuelon oh, is uh, Fuelon are direct descendants of that particular thing. So, Michael, to throw a little spanner in the works here, we're not going to do a modern horror movie for this one. We're going to do a bloody throw us way back, put us maybe in the fifteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds. Who fucking knows? Oh, Who like that one with the Norsemen. Knows? Yeah. So, Michael, what I want is a travelling group of bloody monks, right? Oh, go on. As they move their way through Ireland, spreading Christianity, lashing the pagans out of it. I want them to be a real kind of Spanish Inquisition bunch of bastards. They're not All doing right. it good. They're not nice about it. Okay. Nice. Well, that, would not be nice very, that wouldn't be very characterful for the Catholic Church. 
Uh, no, very not in keeping with them. I'm being very harsh in the Catholic Church there. Um, <laughs> They're usually so sound. They're usually so sound, Michael. Oh, I'm enjoying this. Um, so anyway, Michael, what I would love is for them to be going through the Irish wilderness, searching for different little villages to convert. Oh, and yeah. I use that. I use that lightly. Convert through cups of tea and preaching, as opposed to. You know, murder. Um, now, Michael, it doesn't really matter who we use as an antagonist here. We could use the English. Oh, yeah, the English. But I'm saving the English for a little bit later. So anyway, we're going to say it's monks this time and they're converting. And we'll have a young monk, Michael, who's in the service of these lads, right? We'll have him played by Timothy Chalamet. Oh, old Shams. Old Shams himself. Mm. Um and he can do his Willy Wonka impression while he tries to convert young Irish children to Catholicism. So you take Jesus and you put him on a cross. And we'll do what that. What do you get? Loads. And then, Michael, they we pretty much established in the first opening scenes of the film that they're absolute bastards and they're pretty good at this converting stuff. Oh, they have to be, yeah. But then, Michael, they come across a village that nobody else will go near and they keep getting warned by the Irish, don't be going up there and preaching your shenanigans. We'll set it in, say, Donegal, right? Or as you call it, London Donegal. (laughs) So anyway, let's say, for example, they're up there, right? Yeah. And what I wanted to slowly be revealed as, these guys come into town and they're awfully well received by these pagans in a way that they normally wouldn't be. Oh, that's because they're going to eat them, Ben. Yeah, exactly, Michael. So that's what I want. I want a horror film, Michael, all about how they come across a village of seemingly normal Irish folks, but it's all Whalons, Michael. They're all Cunrocks, a lot of them. Oh, they're um, all Cunrocks of Whalons, Ben. And who do you want directing this? Do you want Eggers? Uh, I'll get get Eggers. I think Eggers is the man for the job. You'd have I'm to glad you Eggers, got the influence, Michael. I'm glad you got the influence. Good. You'd man. have to get Eggers. Everyone would have to be dirty and wet. Robert Eggers would have to be in there, and we'll call it a pack of Cunrocks, Michael. <laughs> um, or I don't know, Wolf's Hill or something. I don't care what it is. Doesn't matter. Um, so that's that's pitch number two. How are we doing yes. on time, Michael? How many more pitches do you want here? I'd say you've probably got enough time for. One more pitch. One more tasty, tasty pitch. Right. So the ben, other one... Yes. It better be an Irish legend. What do you mean it better be an Irish legend? That's the whole point of this episode. It's about Irish legends, Ben. Yeah, I know. I got two. I've just knocked yeah, two out of the park. I'm not complaining about the ones you've already done. I'm saying we've got time for one more, but it better be an Irish legend. You bet you fuck. Too right it is right anyway so Michael I found out I found another animal that I've never come across in Irish folklore for this have you ever heard of a baconic a baconic yeah is that not just a pig no it's not that's bacon so yeah a baconic is that not the are... Irish word for bacon a baconic sandwich <laughs> no it's not that's sandwich Balgoon. on baconic Ben Balgoon you prick <laughs> come here to me baconic is basically our version of uh, Valkyrie Oh, um, yeah. Tessa this Thompson. Is pretty, this is pretty. In- yeah. So there are the pack of Tessa Thompsons, um, and there's there's two forms of them. There's the Buckonok, which is the male version of this creature, and then there's the Bononok, which is the female version of this creature. Ben, that's just the Irish word for banana, and you it's know it not, is. You fuck a bananok. You know that that's the Irish word for banana, I've, Ben. Oh, I hate you so much. I hate you so much. But these ones are pretty interesting, Michael. They are basically demons of battle, um, and they essentially go around 
collecting souls off the battlefield uh, but not in the kind of taking you to Valhalla kind of way in the feeding on your soul before it leaves your body kind of way oh they're like vultures of the battlefield yeah so this is a thing Michael and I had to dig around for this because I, I, I first read this and I was like this sounds like an irischentral.com monster of the week kind of thing <laughs> um, and I, I really wasn't I wasn't into it and there's very little that gives us kind of a good idea apart from one or two mentions in uh, On Town, which is our famous epic. It's about the ball, um, Ben. The big white ball that everyone wants. Absolutely, It's not the big white ball that everybody wants. But it's mentioned and they're heavily tied to the Morrigan. Uh, or Bab. The one, one aspect of the Morrigan. Um, and they're quite often confused with Banshees. But they're a little mm. bit different. Now, Michael, what I would love to do... Yes, go on. What I would love to do, Michael, I'd love to set this one, oh, sometime around the early 1900s. Oh, go on. Say when there's a bunch of Irish lads and they're really not having a great time with the English and the English aren't having a great time with them. Oh, very good. There's all sorts of rebellions. There's all sorts of rebellions happening, Michael. And what I'd love for there to be is there to be a bizarre black spot on the map when all the various generals over in Britain are having a look and going, why do we keep dying here? It's just a pack yeah. of paddies. What's I going on? I tell you on? what, lads, by hell, well, why do we keep dying over here, Tilly Pip? Yeah, exactly. Spot on, Michael. And they'll be played by, say, Rafe Fines. Rafe Fines, yes. Or our friend Stephen Cadwell. Or our friend Stephen Cadwell as any one of the various TTRPG characters that he keeps telling us are different, but definitely aren't. <laughs> oh, he's not going to like that, Ben. I'm going to get several comments. And, uh, ah, fuck you in the WhatsApp group. That's going to be enjoyable. <laughs> but come here to me. Come here to me. He's, he'll be even more annoyed now that we've predicted to the letter. He'll have had his phone up and ready to go, and he'll be like, ah, oh, fuck. Anyway... <laughs> What I'd really like, Michael, is kind of a classic... We saw this in Black 47 a little bit. Basically, they're going to send one lad over to sort this out. One of their big generals. One of the one of the lads who gets results, right? Oh, yeah. Oliver Cromwell. Oliver Cromwell. A little bit of a muddled timeline there. But it could be Oliver Cromwell. That'd be fine. George um, Wellington. <laughs> George, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Michael. But he's going to be played by Rafe Fiennes. Oh, he's or, back. Yeah. Or... A little bit of dream casting. Michael Sheen. Um, oh, yes, very good. <laughs> I'd like to see Michael Sheen in that one. Um, and Michael Sheen could be a gentleman, Michael, that maybe, maybe has a little bit of sympathy for the Irish. Maybe. No. Maybe Sam Neill. Maybe we could get Sam Neill. Yeah, he's famously English, isn't he? He's famously English. But anyway, Michael, <laughs> I want it? them to be ready to have a bit of a scrap, right? Yes. Um, and they'll all be setting up on the hill. And then all of a sudden, Michael, I wanted to go horribly wrong in the initial no. skirmish with the English. Oh, no. I want the Irish to turn around mid-battle, Michael, and sprint for the hills, right? Oh, no. And I want the British to think they've won. And then I want a bunch of goat-headed flying demon creatures to come down and start devouring the lads on the battlefield. And then the only message that gets off the battlefield is the hint that someone said, this is bananas. And then in the end, we find out that that was a mistranslation and they're saying it's bananas. But what I'd love, Michael, is it for, for it to be a fucking pup of a young fella called Neary and he's figured out how to summon these creatures onto the battlefield, right? Oh. And then what I'd love is for him to be played by someone like, oh, I don't know, Killian Murphy. Oh, Killian Murphy. Or you know who else could play him? Go on. Your mate and mine. 
I've forgotten his fucking Jack Rayner. No, Barry. Barry. Barry Keown. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Barry Keogh's going to be good. I'll get him down there. But I want there to be another lad in the village who keeps telling him not to do that. And he'll be played by Paul Meskel. Oh, Paul Meskel, um, okay. And he'll be like, give over. Stop someone in those yokes. It's going to go wrong. But Barry, or or whoever we've picked to play Michael, it's gone to his head. It's gone to his oh, head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the British find out, Michael. And they only go and assassinate the only young flu who had any control over these otherworldly forces. Oh, no. That's the worst thing they could have done. Yeah, and then Paul Meskel is going to work with the, the village love of his life, Sir Ronan. <laughs> and and they're going to have to figure out a way to, to kind of get rid of the the bananock. Yeah, the, this movie could be called, Ben, This Shit is Bananocks, B-A-N-A-N-A-C-H-T-S. Yes, absolutely. Or we could look up some famous quote that a general wrote about Ireland disparagingly and just use that as the title. Yes, Let's, For example, uh, a solemn field or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Or let's let's stick it to Paddy. Uh, yeah, let's stick it to Paddy. A classic. And Michael, then in the end, it turns out they're all robots. They were what? They were all robots. <laughs> that was it. So those are my three picks, Michael. Those are my three picks. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I can't believe ladies- you managed to shock me with an unnecessary twist <laughs> in a pitch. Ladies and gentlemen, come here to me. Come here to what? me. Which what film it? would you like to see get made? I'll write the script the, for it. I'll do I it. I want to see the one about the Bananocks. You want to see the Bananocks? That shit is Bananocks. But do, do let us know, ladies and gentlemen, which one you like the most. You can get in touch with us in a few different ways. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shirluxlistenpodcast.com. Can you? Uh, can't you? Seanrebuke.com oh, oh my god Oh my god It's 100, 105 episodes Ben So it's not really surprising Seanrebuke.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com Yeah yeah It means tiny room in Irish You can also find us at www.shirluxshirlistenpodcast At acast.com Yeah you can that's, that's that's true That's the actually correct one You can find us on Instagram At shirluxshirlisten You can't Give 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 a give Just watch one of the reels Before Ben has an absolute shit hemorrhage I'm I'm finding it very difficult to keep going on, ladies and gentlemen. Watch our content, please. Um, <laughs> you can find us on TikTok at you look to listen. Hey, you can. Uh, and you can also find us in loads of different places, Michael. We're all over the place. But the best way to tell me which of my ideas was shittest and why you'll never <laughs> listen to the podcast again is to hop up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it. If you hop up on time, you might even be there at the moment that Stephen Cadwell sees Ben, hears Ben insulting him, and you might get to see the interaction firsthand. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Michael, come here to me. I think we what have to do it? another Spooktober next week because yeah, we're yeah, still yeah, technically in the time. There's too so many weeks. Join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be taking a look at the folk horror revival that has seized cinema. Um, and we're going to take a look at the seminal Irish horror film that came out last year called Let the Wrong One In. Oh, they're, they're two very different uh, genres. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be good, won't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very. I good. didn't realise we had to have a fifth week, Michael. That's completely off the cuff. And it also comes out on Halloween Day, Ben. So we really probably should. Really probably should. Then we're going to have to do that, aren't we? Fuck we have to do sake. it. Fuck fucking Halloween so fucking long this year. Fuck's sake. Oh, right. Go, go get scared. I suppose. Yeah. Right. See ya. All right. Bye. <laughs>